0: Hello and welcome to Making It, the podcast about making theatre and making it as an artist. I'm your host, Temmie Wilkie, and each week I'll be chatting to an emerging playwright, theatre maker or theatre company about how they make theatre, why they make theatre and what they do to survive. I am so excited to be interviewing Jasmine Lee Jones this morning. In fact, excited doesn't even begin to cover it. At just 20 years old, Jasmine's debut play, Seven Methods of Killing Kylie Jenner, opened at the Royal Court upstairs this year. It promptly sold out, and if you missed it when it was on, it sucks to be you. It follows the story of best friends Clea and Cara as they argue about their relationship and their politics on and offline. It explores race, cultural appropriation, beauty, call-out culture, and so much more. Everyone I spoke to about it was moved, stirred up and inspired by it. And I am in genuine awe of Jasmine's talent as a playwright. The playfulness in her use of form, the bravery of her subject matter and the clarity of her voice. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Um, I could talk about seven methods of killing Kylie Jenner all day long. But um, as I said to you earlier, this podcast is basically about like how you got into writing and your process and sort of how you find things. So in, in the sort of practical sense. So question I'm going to lead with is how did you get into theatre?
1: I wrote my first short play for a call out that the Royal Court did, the Open Court, which is how I came into contact with them. Mm. And it was like, it's funny because I wanted to write something else. And then this thing just came very quickly. Mm. And it felt sort of different from anything I'd written theatre wise before it was just coming out. Um, how long was it? It was, oh no, it was probably like four pages. It was so oh, wow. short. yeah. And it was... I think I'm just thinking of the, um, Miles Davis, um, quote where he's like, it takes you so long to sound like yourself and I'm Mm. still working out how to sound like myself because I was definitely like, uh, copying, not, well, it, it it definitely, I was definitely like, oh, I have to write like this, I have to write like Mm. people I really admire, because um, that's writing, and that's what sounds good, and people are gonna think mm-hmm. it's good. But it still felt honest in a way that it did, and re- something I really wanted to explore. So I sent that in, and it just felt. I remember it just felt different to in in terms of anything I'd written. It just felt like it was something I really was trying to work out. And that um, was like, did you feel like that
0: was a direct result from having contact with Debbie Tucker Green? Yeah,
1: I do. I yeah. do. In retrospect, at the time I didn't realize it, mm. but like, um, uh, like now I'm like, oh, that like all of it connects, like just let it, just, just let it go. And I, th- I had this weird theory, which I need to spend some more time on, but I was, when my play was on, I loved these conversations. It was one of my favorite and working with young people, it was one of my favorite things. Um, and just... Talking to people, like, talking to creatives of different ages. But these were, like, two very established creatives. And it's funny because we all do slightly different things. We all focus on slightly different things. Who? Um, they were just two people that came to see my play. And one was right. an actor and one is a also writer but a novelist. Right. And we're just talking about they both were, like, the biggest notes we get are about structure. Like you can't structure. I was mm. like, I've heard that. Well, it's weird because, because I've been lucky enough to be in like a hub mm. where, where I haven't been told you can't do this. Just like, Oh, think about this. I've never really felt, I've never felt ashamed that ashamed about structure, but I, I remember them saying it. I was like, I know in another building I might've felt like that. And so um,
0: you mean like the Royal court
1: specifically was yeah, so like liberating like, maybe with structure. Yeah. And how, how, like, very like how how do you write how do you want to tell the story mm.
0: um and so that was was that open court that you did that short yeah. play for and then what happened after that point like because you sort of said that was like your first introduction to the building but like yeah where did it kind of go from there because it sounds like it it really nurtured your relationship to form
1: yeah yeah it, it's so the it's weird because I went to drama school. It wasn't like I carried on. I didn't consistently write anything. Mm. Um, I did the group at Sohan, and then I did, and then I met, I just met some very good people along the way. So I'm just like thinking yeah, about timeline. Tracking. So you were
0: 14 when you did the short play for the Royal. Court.
1: No, I was. I was 17. I was 14 ah. when I discovered playwriting. Was right, like right, a right. Job. Cool. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and then
0: so Debbie Tucker Green was maybe when you were like 17, 16, 16. Yeah. 16. Cool. Then 17, you write the short play. Yeah. And then um, what happened when you sent it into the Royal Court? What was the relationship um, to the short
1: play? So the whole festival, it was amazing. Mm. Um, very chaotic, but amazing. <laughs> Um, for me as well, because it was like learning on the on the job. Um, but the whole festival was like young people produce, write, right. create. And they so said so, they staged a short play. Yes. Cool. But in the, it's funny because originally they weren't gonna do that, and then it ended up happening for all of us. We all got like our plays staged, 15 minute plays. Um, my friend was working as one of the producers mm-hmm. in this festival, and I wasn't um and I wasn't there, but I remember him saying, like your piece got read out Mm. and uh and people liked it Mm. but I I, and then I remember getting the call but you know when sometimes when you have the feeling so I had I had this feeling I was like even if this doesn't go anywhere like I feel Mm. like I've I've actually understood something Mm. and then I found out I was so it was I think 15 writers were picked um between the ages of 17 to 25 Mm -hmm. so yeah I sent I sent that in, and then, so I was in my last year of college, and um it it was like it was it it was kind of like this, and not that it was violent at all, but I didn't know what I was doing, so it was like a baptism by fire mm. and we got um like we just did loads of really cool projects, we did a, a theater concept album whoa wait so based how long onto, did this
0: run for how long was the festival it
1: was on so we were attached to the theater for a year wow all of us, 10 to, i think it was 15 and then the festival was in summer and like mm-hmm. we took over the office that so the concept album based on to pimple butterfly because why not <laughs> was in, incredible was in the office and i remember the piece i wrote for not to disparage my own work but i was like Okay, this is not what I want, but I've learned, mm. um, and and that's amazing
0: to be attached to such an incredible building
1: for so long at such a young age. Yeah, that's and, so cool. And I I didn't realize what it what it was to be, but I'd always felt welcome. I never felt mm. like I was I didn't belong there. One of my friends who doesn't work in theatre, she she came to see the play and she just said, like, and not not because of this isn't to do with the staff at all, but I guess the legacy around the building, she she just felt, she was made to feel by another audience member uncomfortable. Oh no. And and I think that's on the basis that some people, certain groups of people presume that certain spaces are their spaces. Yeah, yeah. And I, and then I remember in the run up to seven methods going on, People like, and you know, just based on the title, not having read the play, this is mm. great because this is going to challenge the Royal Court audience. And I was like, what is that? Mm. I watched plays here and I just didn't. And, and now I'm like, well, in a way, at the time I was like, this is cool. Cause I'm not, I don't, I, I don't have that relationship. Mm, to this because body. you were like attached to it from such a young age yeah. and it felt like home. Is yeah, that, exactly. It's amazing. I didn't have it for a long time. And then I went to watch a show downstairs And I just went for dinner with my friend and I got, um, and we were getting a drink at the bar. And we were, like, there was a lot of people, I'd never seen that many people down there. And this many people of that demographic. And I don't know how, maybe Mm. because I always watch shows upstairs. But these, there was a group of five white people who were older. I don't want to presume their class, but I could tell from what they were wearing. And they just didn't see us. And they walked right in front of us and Mm. ordered. What? At the bar? Yeah. And I just was like, I looked at my friend, I was like, did that actually happen? And then, mm. like, five minutes later, she looked at me and was like, yeah, they did push in front of us. Because I wasn't saying anything, I just looked at her. Yeah. Um. And then I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm, this is, this is what they mean. We're right. an audience, I'm invisible. Yeah. Like, you don't... See me. See me. in the, in, in And, <laughs> God, I felt like, I do what's, what's the term? I felt like, um... Like those people that presume, like, because I'm, I wasn't used to being being treated like that in Mm. that space, and I actually went up to them because I, I said to my friend, I can't, I have to say something, Mm. because I just, it just didn't feel right to just stand there and take it, and they were so apologetic, but they, Mm. the thing that struck me is that they just didn't realize, they didn't see, and then I was like, oh, this is the, these are the people that own this but it would be one thing if that i guess it would be kind of less worse if they were like oh we just don't want to queue but it was the fact that they clearly didn't see didn't notice you at all yeah
0: that's interesting and like the fact that you came to that space without that kind of sense of that elitism or sense of that kind of like who owns the space like before really engaging with it you you were already a member of it in lots of ways yeah and like And then you went to drama school, right? Mm. So like, so you, just like thinking about this timeline that Mm. I'm like building up of you. So like um, you're 17 when you did the open court and then did you go to drama school straight after school or college? Yeah,
1: literally a couple of weeks after the open court. Wow, oh my God. Yeah, and it really did affect my taste because suddenly, like I I feel like, I don't know. And I think it, it was probably also a surprise for them. It was like, I just had such clashing tastes and I mm. didn't realize, I didn't realize what it would, I, I didn't realize what classical meant mm. and that, but, but interestingly, unintentionally, as, as are a lot of things, not understanding what it meant and really hating, hating the narrow definition of what classical could be and what could be in the canon has mm. really influenced my work. Yeah, as a writer. and in, Yeah, and inspired mm-hmm my work because I was just like I I think a lot of rage built up in me Mm. during those three years for for multiple reasons Mm. but I um that that but then also finding myself you know it's so difficult because good writing is good writing no matter who it comes from so Mm. I'm so inspired like and I still read some of the poetry we did there's some shit I'm just like I'm never touching that again I think (laughs) Um, but like some of some of it is just I was about to say universal, some of it is universal, but I was just when I'd disagree with my teachers and they'd be like, This is universal, this transcends anything, I'd mm. be like, Why are the things and invariably some of them are, but why are the things that are univ all the things we study are universal written by white people mm. and always men? Mm. Or well, actually they're always white and 90% of the time they're men mm. like, and I'm sorry, but some of this isn't universal. Some of this is in, incredibly exclusionary. Mm.
0: Um. And so were you writing while you were at drama school? Like, were mm-hmm. you feeling this way about like the ways that people spoke about the canon and what was universal, but like kind of writing up a storm, like outside of your classes or was there, um, was there no time? Cause drama, is so, drama school was so intense.
1: I guess both. I didn't, I guess I think I was writing internally Mm. and then I wrote this. What do
0: you mean by writing internally?
1: What do I mean? Uh, I think you're, I think every human's always writing internally, but I think if you decide to write it down and you are a writer, then eventually it will get down in some way. But I think everything was shaping in my head, Mm. like all the feelings and it's weird. I, I guess it's sort of like a, um, I th- I, the image that comes to mind is like condensation, like mm. s- something it rains or storms or whatever. And then you get this heat, which is kind of like the rage. And then mm. God, I can't remember. I'm going to have to go back to primary school. But like <laughs> um, the rage and then like... Uh, it sort of hits a cold surface and then it... Yeah, cold surface and then it condenses. And the con- mm. condensation is like the... um when when the idea comes. And I remember, what I, what I do remember is, we we get to do this thing at Guildhall called A Solo, if you choose to do it, which is how Chewing Gum, Chewing Gum came out of that. And loads By of people, have, yeah, and loads of people have made, have ended up making professional shows. Um, And I remember I was in first year, and I was just, I had all this stuff in my head, and I'd written this poem about, I, I just became fascinated with why certain things, Certain things were considered curriculum, mm. um, and like hip hop wasn't. But having mm. an understanding of, and and then I wrote this poem about it, and 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 it inspired work. But I remember having this light bulb moment that inspired this solo that I wrote. Um, and was this, this in your third year? The solo, yeah, year. yeah. Called curious, and I'd watched, I'd watched this film, and I and I was just thinking about. And I think this is what I mean by writing intently. And I was just thinking mm. about um, what it is and thinking about like why there were no, I'm like, so apparently there were pe- black people and people of color in the times of studying, but there's mm. just no real, unless like you believe that the only one I could think of is with, without rummaging. And I did eventually sci- find some stuff but the only one I could think of was um, uh, like the Dark Lady. Some people think she's African. A right. lot of people don't. Most people think she's Italian. And that's the Dark Lady of like Shakespeare's Yeah, sonnet. the sonnets. And that was kind of the only
0: figure yeah. like that you would ever
1: come across. Exactly. And that's not even someone who's a writer. That's somebody exactly. who like, is written about. Exactly. Maybe. Maybe. And <laughs> not from her perspective. And then like if you watch Amelia, you'll like loads of things went off in my head. I was like, I wonder what actually went on because mm. it's... It and really the nature of historical erasure, and I remember I was like, um, boom, boom, oh, I need to write about this. And I didn't end up writing about it for two years. I need to research this. I need to find out about, about this. Um And so is that what curious became? Yeah, mm-hmm. it became about uh it became about me. Finding another woman and 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 uh and finding someone to look to and then in and then in third you're going on a historical goose chase mm. and but I knew that I think that's what I mean by writing internally, when you realize what it is you need to touch on right right um I loved it when you said that you feel like
0: all humans do it, I think there's something so like beautiful and em- elemental about that, like mm. that if you're thinking. And sculpting your thought and developing a thought over a period of time, then that is like writing, yes. Almost.
1: And i I just think everyone's an artist, but it's mm. whether you do it and whether you get the opportunity to do mm. it. So yeah. I think,
0: yeah. No, I was just gonna say. Um, so
1: you wrote Curious, mm-hmm. and was that a full length play? Was that your first full length play? No, it was. It's. I wrote it the same year as Seven Methods. So right. this is. This was probably 15 minutes. It's the next thing I wrote after say a name that was like a play. Some mm-hmm. people think it's a poem. Um, but I knew I, I had the idea for that before. It's interesting how things get structured, but I had the idea for that before I had the idea for, um, seven methods, seven methods came about as, so I'd done so and I hadn't submitted a play because I was too busy. And then I met and that so
0: so you did the Soho Writers Lab. and yeah. the culmination of that is to give in a play. Yeah, then you and didn't, I didn't hand okay. in a play. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was going downhill.
1: That must be good um, for
0: like maybe listeners who might be feeling the strain if they're doing. it. Oh yeah,
1: it's it is it's yeah, but yeah, yeah. I didn't hand in my play. Mm. Um and, but it, I I also I'm now like oh that's not the play that you needed to write otherwise. Right. Um you would have like you, I feel like no matter. I don't know. I don't want to say that because writing is really hard, hmm. but whatever the circumstances, if you need to get something, if you really need to say something, it yeah. will come out. Yeah. It might be messy, but, um, it just wasn't. And then when did I have the, I don't, I don't remember, but then that year I also met, uh, Jane Fallowfield, who now works the court. Who's amazing. Hmm. And she was, a literary it, manager yes. At the world court. And, uh, She's working at Tello and I was meant to do Tello first and I couldn't do that either because, because I was too busy with school, but, um, she put me on another course, the London writers course at the BBC. And then Mm -hmm. at the same time I was doing that summer is when seven methods, the genesis of it came about. So I did this course led by Rachel Delahaye at the Royal court, Mm -hmm. um, called the Andrew project. And again, I wasn't meant to do it because mm. I'd already, I nearly didn't apply because I was like, oh, I've already done a course so that's taking up too much space, <gasps> which is ridiculous. Wow, yeah, that's so interesting that
0: you thought that because I'm, I know so many people who would, ne- that that thought would never cross their mind. I minds. know, I know, and it's
1: really bad and I still have it. Mm. I still have like, I'm taking, even as technically, well, what is, I'm always like, when you're freelance are you only employed when you're actually doing the thing <laughs> yeah because i keep saying i'm unemployed which technically i am but mm. but like even now i'm like do i have the right to take this opportunity mm, mm. even though i'm like <laughs> it, it's really weird but i thought that and then i remember them saying to me uh we really want you used to it but if someone else comes along who hasn't done a course well mm. with us then we'll give it to them and I was like yeah sure I wasn't even going to re- apply and then they still managed to find a spot for me mm. um and it was a really great group I've never done the introductory course then and mm. that uh, the other reason why I didn't do the introductory course is the same reason I was like I'm taking up too much wow. sp- like that's, space that's,
0: such, that's so funny because I don't think anyone anyone would have felt that way because uh, I'm speaking somebody who did the un- introductory course at the royal court like it's not about it's a everyone needs resources everyone needs help and support on their journey i just yeah i one thing that i'm super interested in like with what you're saying is that like you are at drama school like drama school is no joke like you're working so many hours like with your body like it's so physical and then you're writing like coming up with these ideas doing these courses and you know with soho you didn't manage to like complete Mm. you didn't write the play Mm -hmm. and then like sort of with tala as well like just what the relationship between your acting and your writing is. Like, um, yeah. speaking of somebody who's an actor, who yeah. thinks of themselves as an actor first. The relationship, oh, do you? As yeah, first? Wow. Like, what your relationship with that like
1: is? I think I see them as two different spheres. I'm still working mm, it out. Yes. Yeah. Why do you remember is like, and it's not because I'm Laurence Olivier or... Meryl Streep or whatever but I just remember getting so bored hmm. at drama school I think it was second year. it happens it happens for a lot of people in second mm. year actually or you just to experience something but I just remember getting so bored and being like I don't want to I remember we were doing mask which is actually really interesting but I was like, I'm more interested in at this point in watching and then I remember like mm. talking to this guy and being like outside of school I'm just being like I want to leave and be a playwright I mm. want to write and I hadn't written I hadn't written another play, so it's just bizarre. And then a year later, the pl- play got programmed. Wow! So it's just that's it, you I sort don't of know. put How that into the experience? universe, like you said. You said I want to be a playwright, and yeah, cacao. that's that's the I, yeah yeah. And I had no idea it would happen. But at that point, I was like, I think I just want to leave, and I didn't leave, and I'm glad I stayed. But in terms of the general relationship, I think. What is it? I don't write. I know that there are some writers that write to put themselves in stuff. I'm not mm. like that. I write. And I remember when the play was on All right, right before people were like to me, do you have to be in it? Or mm. are you going to be in it? And it just never felt right. And then mm. I was like, am I making the right decision? Because I'm not like, I, I'm i just starting out as an actor. Mm. Not even the right decision, but it just never felt right. And I wasn't, I didn't need to be doing either mm. of those roles. So I'm very like that. I think, I think sometimes, I don't know, maybe you feel like you
0: can be more objective as a writer. Oh, And definitely. like you want to serve There's, the play. Like I, you want you want the play to be the best it can be. Exactly. So putting yourself in it sometimes feels like I would have two hats on and be feeling exposed in two different right. ways. Whereas, like the best way to make this play the best it can be is I had the same thing with the high table that's coming up. Like yes, I was, I'm people so like, are gonna be in it? And it's like. No, I need need, need to see it. I
1: need to sculpt it from outside. Exactly. And and why I don't, Mm. I think, I don't know if you're similar to me in this, but I don't create material for myself. Mm. But I also have performed in my own work as like a, I did curious. And then with that, I'm like, literally because I put myself in it. Mm. With that, I'm like, uh, could anyone else do this? Not because there isn't anyone capable of it, but like, just my ridiculousness <laughs> and the fact that the the car, the char, one of the characters, there's a historical woman and then there's me. Mm. One of the characters is called Jazz, the mm. other character. So yeah. like, um, it's how, sort of like thinking about the longevity of the piece. Like, can, it, yeah. can
0: somebody else, like, would someone else have the opportunity to do this? I really want to come back to um, how uh, Seven Methods got programmed. Yes. But one thing I want to ask before mm. we get onto that is like, you know it sounds like you're doing lots of writing around your like acting degree Mm. but I'm interested in like your process like yes how
1: do you write like do you write on paper do you on a laptop how do you go about it both I mean mainly the laptop Um, I'm essentially I have to write something very soon I have a week to do it Mm. and I'm really like I so it's interesting because I write even if I'm not writing for work, I try and write every day. Mm. Um, so I do morning pages. I do mm-hmm. three day and that r- it's really just as a mental health thing. I started doing it last year when I was having some trouble and it's, it's really good. And I think it slows down my thought processing mm-hmm. because we like the internet has really affected. <laughs> um, can you talk us through what morning pages is? It's a book about releasing your creativity. Mm. Um, and you write through a day, you have to do it first thing, you can't look at your phone. Mm. Sometimes I do cheat. I do look <laughs> at my phone and I'm like, okay. Now um, And it's that first thing in the morning, like the first yeah, thing you do. Yeah. Cause your brain just does something you and you can write anything though. Mm. It's not about and it has to be the rule is write anything. It mm. has to be unfiltered and it just releases your brain. But that and a lot of people just start I and I use it as like a mental health tool as well. Mm but a lot of writings come out of it. And so okay. do you, is that on paper? Like one page is very much like on paper, paper. And I find it really good, useful for me because it just slows down my processing in the way I think. And it helps me understand things. And there was a time where I was doing it really consistently, like last summer and I never write. I'm, I think as a writer, as a writer, writer, I'm, very patchy so I write things out of order I'm like oh this sentence feels right I write a lot mm. in the notes on my phone uh, seven methods for everything I've written is always out of order and then mm. I reorder it I don't write so is a it is
0: way. the process that you kind of like might write in patches on paper or on your phone and then yes. bring it together on the yeah, laptop. yeah 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 I see yeah,
1: yeah that's basically and that's also influenced by the thing Debbie said about structure like mm. it it's sort of like that, and I can't. It's, um, just so people listening, sorry. like uh, Jasmine's kind of like moving her hands like yeah. around in circles. If that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry for that noise. <laughs> Strange noise, rubbing. Um, but it, like, it's not. Yeah, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Mm, I think yeah. for me. Um, and what does like a working day look
0: like if if you are just focusing on writing?
1: I'm still trying to work it out. I think because I only really had because when no, no, in fact i can say it now the play's gone on hmm. but um when seven methods was programmed it was the original draft which was the thing in uh the 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 it wasn't a commission uh because it wasn't paid but the mm. group that i the idea that um well, the idea was we'd all write 15 minute plays so when mm. it was programmed it was still 15 minutes oh wow and it was at one point it was going to go on as three like we were going to do three shows a day and then we decided not to because just in case I wrote just in case I wrote more right. and at that point I was like oh um oh let's just turn this into a full-length play <laughs> not knowing what's getting to myself into. and maybe <laughs> if I knew I would have been like no but because because of that and because I was still at school I'm still and so I've never done really I've never done like I'm a full-time writer really so Mm. I'd write on weekends or like after school Mm -hmm. or in the early hours of the morning it ended up becoming Mm. and then go to school so I don't I don't know what a day is like There were like when I was on break so I'd what what does it look like i'm, I'm still very <laughs> hey, the answer is
0: you don't know d- yeah and that is really valid and, and helpful
1: i think i'm quite a bit of a mess and i really yeah. want to be <laughs> well no more disciplined but i kind of just start when but i it start. sounds like you're
0: incredibly disciplined like you do morning pages every day like and i feel like the like it sounds like the answer is you don't have a normal working day mm. yet yeah and that is such a big part of it like um I feel like especially at the stage that we're at in our careers, that is such a valid answer and, and really helpful. Yeah. So like don't feel pressured to answer it
1: if it's like th- there is sort of no answer to that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of like I start when I start and I finish when I yeah. finish, which yeah. is not like I need, I also need to stop that if I'm going to try and write, c- carry on writing, I think because it's mm. not, <laughs> necessarily sustainable. sustainable but yeah. in the early hours, hours in the morning it feels like time sort of limitless mm. and I don't need to worry so I did when a lot of early like, hours in the morning what time like what 3 time 3am wow 5am um, I really need to stop doing it but <laughs> I, I I mean it sort of came out of a necessity because I was at school I just had to do it like that Wow. um so but I time feels limitless That's yeah it does because it just feels like it's not invariably because then I'd wake up the next day and be like, why did you do that? But Mm. it just feels like it goes on into infinity. And that's really helpful for me Mm. because as soon as I feel any restrictions, like I'm, I get really scared of when you get like, and I'd, I'd love to do them. But when you're, when people are like, write a play about this and you have this, this, and that, I'm like, cause it just feels. That's so interesting, especially with what you're saying about structure as well,
0: but like any kind of limit feels like it impinges on your creativity oh yeah but like and so time or um or a a way of writing like feels like you can't really be creative
1: yeah it's it's i think it scares me Mm.
0: um i'm really interested in um you sort of started talking about it but the process mm. of of
1: seven methods becoming programmed like what how did that happen the answer is it nearly it's not that it nearly didn't get programmed it nearly didn't get written because Mm. i remember so i was at school I'd just done, so I said this thing about, I want to leave and become a writer. And the irony now is I'm like, I need to do acting. Mm. Like it, it, it happens. Um, hmm. But like, I think it's just being like having two disciplines. Yeah. Sometimes you favor one more than the other. And it um, can swing back and forth. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And I think I, so, so that happened. And then by, I had like a deadline in December and I kept moving it back because I was mm. at school and, they very kindly let me move it back, I think twice, mm. which was to become a running theme in the <laughs> life of Summer Methods. Um but I I um But so you're saying that you had a deadline.
0: How um there was a draft that they read and then they were interested in it and that's how the deadline was. Well, this is
1: like- before it was even there was even a question oh, of the right, programme. Okay, cool. So like that we all did there was the thing called the andrew project and we did oh, readings right, okay, so with rachel um yeah so it was to send in for that just a day okay. of readings um and i nearly didn't do it because i was like this is too much like mm. i have school doing stage combat and i remember some people saying just focus on school mm. um, and i was just Thank like god you didn't well yeah i'm I'm lucky i I'm. i'm lucky i didn't but something inside me was just like which is the worst and probably best part of me at times (laughs) it's just like no let me just do it Mm. let me just try and do more than one thing at once and then i end up tearing my hair out um and so i i remember i sent in a draft in the very out early hours of the morning in the middle of term and then i had another deadline i got notes and then i had another deadline in the and i did it i literally sent it in at like 7 a.m and i've been (laughs) up since midnight so I did it in the middle of the night and it's interesting because they they have a theory about like it being like Cleo in the play, like she does it in the early hours of the morning. Mm, so it's like, yeah. So I, I sent it in and I forgot about it. I I remember that night I went out, I went to like three parties, <laughs> which is what you do when you hit a deadline. Yeah. And then I forgot about it. And then I remember I was like, um, it was like a week away to actually having to watch it. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to watch mm. So it was part of the Andrea project. It was stage. Yeah, staged. cool. Yeah, like a stage reading. So all of us had a right. stage reading, but they were quite theatricalized mm. and we had so yeah so then i went and I, I was like okay i can go if i bring my notebook and write down everything i don't like because i was really i'm not gonna like this and then i was like i'd never really s- seen my work in an audience in that way mm. i'd done done it with say no but this was different for some reason and i could feel it bouncing off the audience and the bits that i wanted to change and it was better than i thought it was but i was still like i really don't like this play <laughs> and but then so what was the process of it being Going programmed? Up, was being it like? Being programmed. It was like, again, so I remember bumping into Chris, who now runs a bunker, and Vicky in the bar. So and Chris, Chris had watched it. And, yeah, Chris Onyx. Um, and uh, and Vicky Featherstone, who's the artist director of the Royal and she hadn't watched it, but Chris was like, you should uh, read the play Jasmine wrote. Um, he later told me he'd told her, Told her he thinks she should read this play, and I was like, and she was like, "Can I read it to me?" And I, mm. I, I almost said no. I was like, "Maybe, let me think about it." Because <laughs> how I just old were d- you at this point? Oh,
0: I would have been nineteen. So that you're nineteen years old, and the autistic director of
1: the Royal Court comes up to you, is like, "Can I read your play?" And you're like, shook. Yeah, because I just didn't think it was good. I just mm. didn't like it. I just was like, this is just weird. Um, I just thought it was such a strange play. It still is a strange play. But Mm -hmm. at this point I was just like, this is just weird. Um, And yeah, I was just sort of like, uh, I know, and uh, like there was, there was more of that. So then that happened and then she must have got sent it and read it. And then two months later, I was doing Oklahoma. This was two months later. At drama school. (laughs) Yes. And I remember being like, um, and, and, Hamish Perry phoned me and said, and said, do you want to write more? There's some ideas about it. And I was like, no, <laughs> I, I don't think this is very good. Um, and he was like, well, do you have any other ideas? And I was like, okay, yeah, I do have another idea. And he was like, just send me what, send me the idea. Um, so I sent it to him and they were like, and they liked the other idea. And then um, I was like, and, and then so yeah, and then it Seven Methods got forgotten about. So at the time I had this old Mac and it broke and Seven <laughs> Methods was on there. No. Yeah. So I just lost the play, it wasn't <gasps> backed up. Now everything, I back up everything, but I also didn't really, it's not that I didn't care. I was annoyed, but I was like, well, it's not like I. I thought, it's not like I thought it was my masterpiece or anything. Mm. It was just gone. So I broke. I spilt green tea on it. Stupid. And of course, I couldn't afford. I was at school, so I just couldn't afford a new one. I didn't have enough money for it. Mm. And then, and the first thing I did when it got programmed is buy a new Mac. I (laughs) I could finally afford it. Yeah. Um, But so that happened, and then I went to see another play at the Royal Court. This must have been. It was the end of terms. It must have been a month later, Um, and I just happened to be in the and it was a Saturday. And I remember, I remember being downstairs, like properly downstairs and you know, the stairs and there's like the table mm. and Vicky and Hamish were there. And my friend who produced this, Matthias who, who was one of those producers mm. in open court was talking to them and I, and I almost didn't go over mm. bizarrely because I was like, cause obviously I know them. And I was like, let me just go over and say hi. And I went over and say, said hi. Mm. And we had like an impromptu meeting at mm. 11 o'clock. And they were like, "Do you want to?" Again, they said, "Do you want to write more?" And I was like, "No." (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah. Can I
0: just ask why you think you kept kind of saying no? Because you Mm. know, you wanted to be a playwright. You like, you you know, like I'm just intrigued as to what that, where that, where that no came from inside you.
1: I think because it felt quite raw. It felt. Mm. shamefully I think some of the like the what I, now interludes in the play like the spoken word interludes I was like oh no I I don't want to watch a play with spoken word which mm. like it was it was as surface as that I was like no mm. I'm not but I feel like
0: you're talking about the kind of artistic merits of it but I'm just wondering like if there's any imposter syndrome if there's any any of that stuff um, like I don't know I'm just a bit
1: because it wasn't like I was like this isn't a play like I (laughs) I haven't seen anything like this I want to be Mm. a traditional playwright I want to do something so it was kind of like that structure demon that like came back like yeah yeah this isn't what I'd want my debut to be or this isn't what and I remember there was a lot of I think being in this age as well where a lot of I didn't want to do something that was self-righteous or with any and that was a big part of developing it I didn't Want to do something that was just like white people are bad. This is bad, da da da, without mm. any ambiguity. Because I was just like, that's not. And I felt like the original was that in a way. There was that ambiguity, but it was just I I just didn't want to do something where there was it was completely detached mm. from that. Um, and that's
0: amazing that you say that because that was something that I felt was so clear, like the nuance and the depth of. I'm glad. What, like. That show was like it was so varied and like kaleidoscopic almost in in the way that it expressed. I'm like, so glad you issues. thought that. Yeah. What was the moment where like Vicky said this is happening? Like then what? three
1: months later, it was wow. It was <laughs> a year ago today, not a year ago today, but a, less than a year ago, it was September actually. Ah, September
0: 2018.
1: No, September 2018. Yeah, right. so less less than a year ago. Mm um she i went into meeting and i thought it was about the other idea Mm -hmm. Uh, and i had like my scrapbook (laughs) and a plan and i was describing it to them and they were like yeah great Mm. um yeah uh, cool but however yes literally uh (laughs) do you want uh and they commissioned this idea this other idea Mm. um uh uh what like how do you feel about Seven Methods? And I was like, re- I just hadn't heard the name in so long. I mean, that's amazing that like you walk into that office and it's like, yeah, cool. We'll give you a commission for
0: the idea you came
1: in with. I Don't know. worry about it. But we want to look at yeah. like, the other idea
0: that you had. What an incredible
1: meeting. I know it was. And also it was a weird day because I bumped into loads of people in that building that sort of uh, um, were part of my genesis. Like I mm. bumped into who like I remember they ran late because there was another person having a meeting Prasanna who directed me in like the first show I did mm. um and then yeah she just said it and I was like and then I couldn't and I was like okay if I got to and at that point I was like C- could I change anything and she's like I don't think you need to but mm. if if you want to and it was still this 20 minute draft and mm-hmm. then they were like we we want to put it on it might not it, it it might take a while but and when when they sorry no I'm just like interested that like because you sort of saying they
0: programmed it and they were happy for it to be 20 minutes long yeah and then eventually it became a full play yeah I'm one thing that I'm really interested in is like the rehearsal process as well and the and the performance like what it was like to see it in performance can you talk a bit like briefly about that process, like how much you rewrote
1: and then like what it was like in rehearsal yeah. and seeing it staged. So I'd say 90% of the play stayed the same from rehearsal to mm. performance. Um, but definitely like having Danielle, Tia, uh, Millie, Sylvia, Ella, mm. all so, of those people. So um,
0: Danielle and Tia were well, the actors, actors Millie, Millie is the director. The director
1: sylvia and ella were on the stage management everyone that was in the room oh god like raja um elena like uh jess everyone on the creative team everyone on the stage management team everyone made it what it became mm. but it was a lot of i think by going to drama school and having to say a lot of things i didn't want to say on stage i was just like i need like i need honesty what's how do you and it doesn't mean we don't disagree, but what how does this feel in your mouth? Like mm. what does this feel right? Why doesn't it feel right? And if it doesn't So being let's an actor kind of
0: informed you as a playwright in the rehearsal room because it's I, like I think tell so. me if this doesn't sound yeah, right.
1: I, and it's not to say we d- didn't disagree at, at mm. points, but it, it was sort of that. And um so it was it was really collaborative and really like anyone can speak, um and anyone can say. So it was just trying things and seeing them in the room and like making tweaks mm. based on how they'd say things. But not, yeah, 90% of the play was there, but but because of the nature of it, because it's just so, it's weird mm-hmm. and that's fine because of the nature of it, it, it was, there's only so much I could write without actually seeing it because there was like the Twitter, Twitter lewds as they ended up being called. Mm. And then when we were in tech, you know, I remember loads of the Twitter got lifted Mm. because I re because then and then structure comes in Mm. like Mm. you just realize how much it can take and how much Mm. the audience can take and what was it like seeing it in front of an audience how did that feel what was that very very surreal I remember having like nearly collapsing on press night because it's so much when there's all that energy in the room and there's people that really want to support you and do Mm. support you and then there's also people there's critics and Mm. there's like there's that voice which is, it it, it felt very spirit uh, loud mm. and not actually in the sense that people were making noise, but very loud, spiritually loud. Yeah, wow. Um, so that was very. But press night's very specific. I there were days where I hated watching it in front of people, and there mm. were days where I loved it. And I the days I love the most is when fe- people felt like I hate like rules, felt like they could talk back to it or talk even in the middle of it, I'm sure. (laughs) But of course I'm not having to do it. So I don't know what that was like, but, Mm. but where you, when you get the sensation back. Yeah. That the audience are like giving energy to it as well. Yeah. And, and are willing to come to it even like, Mm. so I did, I was part of an international residency at the Royal Court. Not that I traveled, but I was working on it with writers they brought to the court Mm. and a playwright i was partnered with who's an amazing playwright called Leonie who's from france she she read the play like the thing that moved me so much is that obviously the play's so it's not only it's she's not english she Mm. she can read and speak english but um uh it's it's not only english but it's also slang Mm. there's also just so it's a very specific way of speaking and the thing that moved me so much was that she, um, she read the play beforehand and just like Googled all of the things she didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, th- that, that was a moment for me because I was like, I don't have to cater to it. Yeah, I yeah. can like, if people want to come to it, mm. they'll come. Mm. Um, even someone who's from a foreign, like a different country mm. and doesn't English isn't their first language. Um, So that that really moved me. That's Um,
0: like, I just think it's really amazing the the shape of your journey, like sort of struggling with structure and feeling like restricted by it Mm -hmm. and then realizing that you can like release yourself from it because of like speaking to Debbie Tucker Green and then kind of, I don't know, having a bit of structure Mm. that you at times were into, but with drama school, but that feeling of like, this is how you should write or this is what a writer looks like or this is what the canon looks like. Mm. And then coming out the other side of it with um, Seven Methods, where it's like, no, I can write who I, what I want. I could be who I am in my writing and people will come to it or they will like yeah. not come. Like yeah. that's really amazing. And something I'm really interested in, like just like as we sort of close the podcast mm. because you've deeply inspired me, like that play. Oh, like, thank you. I've, you inspire me too. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, watching it, I just felt like there's so much that you could do with form. And I just felt so invigorated and inspired and like excited by what you had to say, but I'm wondering what inspires you and also what you're, what, what you're excited about writing next.
1: Mm. <laughs> what inspires me? Everything mm. in, in short, that's not a great answer because mm. it's not specific, but um, just existing. Ev- literally everything. Mm. Right? I I love I love walking. <laughs> I was just, I was just away, and I literally I spent the whole eight days I was there just walking, mm. um, um, and just watching and really watching. I think the thing that, and like bringing down when you bring down the wall that all of us have to. Wow, sorry, to varying degrees. Um, I do think anything's possible. Mm. Um, and you can just see, the world just sort of does this
0: kind of broadens
1: Um, yeah it totally does um and uh what was I gonna say what am I excited about writing next I just want to tell I just want to tell the stories of people like people I know and people that I think the thing that excites me about theater is it's such a exciting form and the thing I think is really exciting is the fact that there are so many voices that aren't hurt that are theatrically worthy mm. um so I'm excited about doing that and that means groups that have been traditionally marginalized like how I'm just excited about bringing those people to the forefront and it might not always be in traditional theater spaces mm. but I think there's value in that too mm. um um I'm, I'm just yeah I'm excited about carrying on playing and Hmm. invariably (laughs) there'll be times where uh I felt I hate the word failure but where where I struggle with it Mm. definitely but I um I'm just I'm just excited about that just those are so such general answers that's no
0: they're not they're really beautiful I like love the idea that you're excited to fail, like to have the space to fail because yeah. lots of people aren't afforded that, especially if you are exactly. marginalised from a marginalized exactly. group. So that's amazing to feel like I'm excited to make work that might be shit that I might fuck yeah. up, but that's beautiful. And also I feel so excited to see the work that you're going to create because putting marginalized people on stage is so important. Something that I felt when I watched Seven Methods is like, I'm seeing my sister on stage. Like, I'm, like oh, I'm my sister so talks glad. like that. I'm getting a bit emotional thinking about it. Like, my sister talks like this, and I never see her on stage. And that is like such an amazing thing to be doing. So, mm. I'm so excited to see what you do next. And I'm so pleased Likewise. that you're able to join me. Thank you so much. Thank for being you for on having me. I really
1: appreciate it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Making It. If you'd like to hear more, make sure to subscribe and leave us a cheeky five star review. You can also follow me on Twitter at Bookie Way. And you can book to see my debut play, The High Table which will be on at the Bush Theatre in Shepherds Bush from February the 8th. Making It is produced by Jane Ryan, edited and scored by Kazra Refruzziar, photography by Jess Ravel, artwork by Theo Banner, and hosted by me, Temmie Wilkie. The podcast is supported by the Bush Theatre and London Playwrights, and is a proud member of the One Fine Play Network.